Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 787. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, and we also pay for the postage and the handling. If you've got any loose change hanging around, you can help us with it because we're sending out thousands of these. And uh, we're not the uh, World Bank, and we don't, we're not go a government work. We don't get a penny from the government. And we work for uh, a living, just like the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, today I have, we're continuing on in the book of Proverbs. We're in the 11th chapter of Proverbs, verse 29. We're going to start out. I've got some songs for you and some letters. But right now, Father, bless this, anoint this message today, this, so that the people in the world are able, with all the, uh, the trashy things, uh, the lies, the hypocrisy, the sinfulness, that they are able to make their way through this cobweb and hear the truth and then love the truth and begin being saved and continue being saved by the power of God living in them. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, bind, rebuke Satan in Jesus' mighty name. Rebuke him. And we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right. And uh, this is myself singing for you with the Prague Symphony Orchestra. My tribute to God be the glory. Father God, praise your holy name, Father God. I thank and praise your holy name. I never knew that you'd choose me in the last days to be the head of a worldwide work of God, preaching the gospel to hundreds of millions of people so that they could be led to glory and they would all give glory to you, Father God. None of the glory goes to me, Father. I give all my love and my praise to you, Father God, be the glory. And I thank you, Father God. How can I say thanks for all the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved Yet you give to prove your love for me The voices of a million angels Could not express my gratitude All that I am forever hope to be Father God, praise you, Father God, praise you. 
you, Father God. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things He has done. With His blood, He has saved me. With His power, He has raised me. To God be the glory. Should I gain any praise? Let it go to Calvary. With His blood, He has saved me. With His power, He has raised me. to God be the glory um, for everything that he's done um, from the very beginning uh, everybody you know when God created human beings he created them with peace uh, happiness and uh, a lot of joy and they were all uh, in communion with the Lord perfect harmony uh, within themselves. God called upon the people of the world, uh, the first two, to behold 
it and to look at it. And he tells us the same thing today. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we, after we become regenerated, that we, after we begin uh, being born again of the Spirit, uh, that we should be called the sons of God. Now, there's so many churches, you know, there was a person on the phone that called me yesterday, uh, somebody that is in the water department, and he saying, which one of these people on TV are, are, are really of the Lord, Tony? says, I can't tell. Says, you know, I'm not, I'm not a spiritual person. I don't know. And I said, well, that's a long story. It'd take me a long time to explain to you. But you can tell if you were spiritual, then you'd be able to understand what I'm saying. Um, the Bible says when we become sons of God, it's only because we become spiritual. And if you're spiritual, you can tell the phonies immediately. If you know the Bible, you can uh, uh, pick out the ones that are phonies, uh, the ones that keep telling you to send more money so that they can stay on the air, so they can hustle more money. The Lord said to feed my sheep, not to fleece them. And um, uh, those that are of the these uh, that are sons of God. They uh, are walking in the spirit and they continue uh, not sinning. They never sin again. Well, the, you may say that's it in First John chapter 3, verse 1. Um, there is an uh, incredible value on the fact that the Lord calls those of us that walk in the spirit perfect and he calls those of us that walk in the spirit the sons of god this is an incredible uh, value that god places upon renewed or regenerated mankind um but you know we have to be regenerated and people call themselves regenerated but if you really know the word and you're walking in the spirit you can tell when people are unregenerated, they're doing the same things that they always did and that people of the world do uh, through the sins of men uh, of, that we've committed. Man becomes subjects to the devil. Uh, they are subjects of Satan himself. But through faith... In the sin-cleansing blood of Jesus, the atoning sacrifice of Christ, the sons of Adam automatically become the sons of God because the Spirit of God enters into them. When you say Jesus or Father God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, enter into my heart, wash all my former sins away in your precious blood. Well, that happens. When the Lord, after uh, Adam and Eve fell, that means that all of their offspring are sinful too. They have the Adamic sin. Their mother and father were children of sin. They were children of the devil. When you stop obeying what God says, 
It doesn't make any difference who you think you are. You automatically become a son of the devil. So if you're not faithful or obedient to the Lord, you're not a son or a daughter of God. But when the Lord came into uh, earth as a man, God came to earth as a man. It says so in chapter 1 of John, and it tells you in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. As a matter of fact, the Word was God. And then in verse 14, it says that the Word became flesh, became a man. Now, there's uh, Reverend Hagee says that he had different flesh than we do, different blood and bone, that he was... No, he didn't. He came to the world as a man to show mankind, to show all of us, that we could live a holy life. And so when people say, well, I'm not perfect, well, they're just telling you I'm not saved. Uh, That's just uh, how it is, because uh, the Bible commands, God commands us to be perfect, and if we are, we're not going to commit any more sin. And if we do it ignorantly, there's forgiveness. But if we do it knowingly that we're sinning and we never stop, we're reproved, we're rebuked, we're told, and we still never change. We just turn a deaf ear to anything that the leader of the church is proclaiming out of the word of God. Uh, So the Lord assumed human nature. And as I read in the uh, from the Bible the other day that, you know, there's the mystery of God uh, for righteousness to do the right thing for godliness. <laughs> I, I read that to you, that there's a mystery to it. He assumed human nature, God did. But within, of course... He was God, and the power of God was in him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to have cast out devils, and he said that he wants to continue living in human flesh. So he said, when I go up into glory, I want to, I'm going to come down into whoever receives the truth, me, I am the truth. Uh, will have uh, God's nature in them as well. And I'm just recording uh, a a song about uh, the old rugged cross. And the words before used to say, and I will cherish the old... No, the true words should say, I'll take up the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will not cling to the old rugged cross, but I'll carry the old rugged cross. Because the Bible tells us to take up the cross and follow the Lord, carry it. And those of us that do not carry the cross, we won't crucify our our, our sinful nature. And we will not uh, crucify what we call mistakes. Well, we're never going to be a son of God. We're not going to be like Jesus. Because Jesus never did anything but keep the commandments of the Lord. But the fear of God was in him. The fear of not 
doing the complete proper job that it would take in order for his blood, his human blood, to become perfect so that he would be able to cleanse all humanity that believed that he did that. That's all it takes is faith. And then when we have faith, that of course the Bible says, only those that continue to the end shall be saved. So if we believe the Lord for a while, then we fall away into the world again and decide that this is not for me. I mean, I'm not going to give my life to God. Who does God think he is that I have to give my life to him? If that's what you're uh, kind of a joker you are, well, God's going to slap you in the face. In the end, and uh, you're going to find yourself in hell in the lake of fire, and you're going to wonder what happened. What happened? What happened? So uh, we must also have God's nature living in our human nature. Um, and that is uh, within us, inside of us. Some people say, let God walk beside me. No, I want God to walk in me. And that's what the Bible says it must be. So Jesus was God, and we also are the fullness of God. If we have the power of God within us, and the power of God will come within us. Enter into my heart, Lord Jesus, with you, your Father, by the Holy Spirit. That makes us a son of God. He was God, and he still is God, and the power of God was in him, and he will be in us. He wants us to know that we, too, can be elevated, elevated above human nature. Christ shows us how to be elevated um, human beings. People are placed through uh, being linked with Christ. We become part of Christ. We become his body. We have to be linked or connected with Christ. If we're linked or connected with Christ, we become worthy of the name, quote, the sons of God. Well, he's the son of God. If we're a son of God, are we different than the son of God? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that greater things would we do than he did uh, when he leaves us because he will live, he and his father will live in us. And that means the power of God will be uh, living in us and we become uh, one with God, one with Christ, who is God. There's no... There isn't any other parallel in the world like this. That we're actually going to, and we are children uh, uh, of God. Children of our heavenly God. Precious promises. Isn't this a precious promise that all we have to do is be obedient? 
But you know, there's a lot of people in my church and in every church that you could reprove them every day of what the Bible says, and they uh, stubbornly want to be subjects of Satan. Um, so this is, uh, you know, what the Lord wants, and he wants us to be sons of God, and he wants us to receive this precious promise. This is the entire theme uh, that we must use for profound meditation. The matchless love of God. There's nothing to match it with. It's better than rubies and diamonds and pearls and you know, all the money in the world. Uh, nothing can uh, compare it to it. The matchless love of God for a world of people that did not love God, didn't love him. The thought has a very subduing power upon the soul and brings the mind into captivity to the will of God. Now, if your will is not to do the will of God, then you're of Satan yet. But if your desire is to become obedient to the word of God, well, then you at least have a desire to do so. The more we study the uh, divine character of the Lord in his word, um, when we line it up by the word of God, when we measure him by the word of God and then measure ourselves to see if we qualify um, to be a son of God, because if we do, then we match up with him which is the light of the world, the light of the cross. We have to become so illuminated that we know that we have to take up the cross, that we have to be nailed to the cross and we have to carry the cross. We've got problems and we need to put the, we need to put the cross to it. It's like a branding iron. We have to get burn it out by the word of God, by our willingness to take up the cross and to carry the cross. Like that song, I will cherish, no, not you cherish the old rugged cross, you'll take up the cross, the old rugged cross. And until the trophies I lay down, yes, I'll carry not cling to the old rugged cross. I'll carry the old rugged cross, and someday I will exchange it for a crown. This is the light of the cross, is that we have to carry it, that we have to take it up, and we have to carry it. That's the light of the cross. Has God's light been upon the cross and uh, connected your eyes or linked your eyes to it, that this is the light of the cross. The more we are able to see the tender mercy of the Lord by showing us that this is what we have to do in order to get into heaven. There's so many false prophets that are telling you Christ did it all. That's why they changed the lyrics to that song or wrote it that way. I'll cherish the old, what is cherish the cross? There's work to be done. And I'll carry the cross, yes. There's a, a, a work that has to be done, and we're going to be judged 
our, by our works of what we did. Did we carry the cross? If we don't fear God, the Bible says that we will never serve him. We'll never serve him. Uh, it's like this guy that played the part of Superman in the, um, in the movies. They asked him when he knew he was dying. He says, uh, do you know the Lord or so on? And he says, I found a comfortable church. Well, I don't have a comfortable church. I have a church that tells you you got to take up the cross and you have to carry it to the end. Uh, those that enter the kingdom of heaven, they must keep the commandments of the Lord to the end. They must serve the Lord to the end of their lives. So, um, this is the tender mercy of the Lord. Um, and he tells us if uh, how, if we are willing to submit our lives unto doing the word of God, hearing and doing it, he gives us forgiveness, not by stumbling and falling all the time, but if we do it to the end. Jesus never stumbled uh, so far as the spiritual realm is concerned. The weight of the cross caused him to fall down, but that isn't what we're talking about. That was physical strength. He had uh, fasted so long uh, that he had little spirit of physical strength, but he had the, the um, spiritual strength to go to the cross. And so we have to maintain our Christian life. We have to keep it under the cross every day with and mingle it with equity and justice. And the more clearly we discern all the innumerable evidences of a love that is infinite, love is the keeping of God's commandments. And a tender pity towards all people. Uh, wives, you're to submit yourself to your husbands. In other words, you have to do what they tell you, especially when they're telling it to you from the word of God. But there's so many stiff-necked, like rubber-necked uh, women that have decided that they're going to be the man in the family and go out to work and so Well, we have to. Well, I don't see, you know, that. If we do the will of the Lord, the Lord will open up doors that you never realize. So the tender pity that the Lord has us surpasses anything that a mother or father would have sympathy for their wayward kid. Every one of us has a need for peace and a peace that passes all understanding. God didn't create human beings to be without peace or to be imperfect. Everything was perfect. God said it was good when he first created it. But man in the beginning was uh, very good. He was perfect. He was noble. And God wants us to get back to nobility again. 
we had um, a nobility of powers and a well-balanced mind. All of humanity, all of mankind was perfect in his beginning and in harmony with God. His thoughts were pure. His aims, his desires were holy. And to keep the word of God. But because Adam, human being, was disobedient through uh, disobedience, his powers were perverted. And selfishness took the place of love, the love of God. This is the beginning of God's commandments to feed, clothe, house people, poor people, to help them when they are sick, to visit them in hospitals and prisons and jails and uh all the things the Bible tells us, to give them food when they need it and drink. Everybody in the world has a need for peace. We have to find it. We must find peace within. And it will not enter in until the Prince of Peace enters into us. God called upon the world to behold it, the peace, to look at it. Be, uh, behold, 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 what manner of uh, kindness that the Lord has for us. So the nature of human beings, because uh, that we've been so weakened by disobedience to God through sin, sin is the transgression of God's law. The whole Bible is the law of God. And we've been weakened so much that it uh, it was impossible for human beings, for human beings in his own power, his own strength, to resist the power of evil. He was made captive by Satan and would have remained that way forever if it wasn't for God coming into the world in the flesh. So, um, especially doing something about it. It was the tempter's purpose. It was Satan's purpose to thwart the divine plan in man's uh, character. to thwart God's creation and fill the earth with his evil and with woe and to make uh, uh, desolate the world. Satan, or the devil, is the abomination that makes the world desolate. And he wants everybody to believe that uh, this evil is the result of God's work. But remember that this isn't God. So many people are blaming God for what the devil is doing to them. 
In the beginning, God made everything and everyone perfect. They were perfect and in harmony with God. But it's just like everybody is wanting to blame God. Uh, for instance, saying God made uh, me uh, inferior. Uh, he made me a homosexual. God, that would be imperfect. That's imperfect. God made me a killer. And my grandma, I saw her kill a snake. And so therefore, I thought it was all right to kill people. And, uh, to, you know, everybody wants to blame everybody else. So these things, uh, the evil in the world, is not the result of God and the work that he created. Um, in other words, God made us all inferior. No, he didn't. This was what Charles Stanley would have you believe, and many of the other people, Joyce Meyer. But God made man perfect. Uh, like again, I'm going to say that, you know, these people say that uh, they are homosexuals. God made them that way. That isn't true. There's all kinds of evil spirits in the world, and there's the spirit of homosexuality. All this was a result of God's work in uh, creating man. But you have to read the Bible in order to know that before man sinned, that he had joyful communion with the Lord. And again, I say, in whom are um, hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You think that's in the um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. Do you think that God in all his wisdom and knowledge and the treasures of his wisdom and knowledge that he gives to human beings, uh, if you had the wisdom and knowledge of God, you wouldn't be saying that. Because God made everything perfect. You're imperfect. And so that's why you need to ask the perfect God, the perfect Christ into your spirit so that you too can be perfect. doesn't matter how imperfect you are now. If you come to Christ, he will enter into you and make you perfect as he was. Because it will be him in you and your old life must pass away. Then all things become new. As I said... In the previous messages, man now wants to hide from God because there's sin on his soul. And he knows that, as I said before, you can't hide from God. How can a person, a mere man, be just with God? How will the sinner be made righteous, to be made whole. It is only through Christ, asking Christ into the perfect Christ, and then let him take your life over and let your old life die away. It is only through Christ that we can be brought into a complete happiness and harmony with God, with holiness, 
But uh, how are we uh, come to Christ? How, how do we do that? How are we supposed to do that? How are we able to do that, to come to Christ? Many are asking the same question all over the world as the multitude on the day of Pentecost did. When um, convicted of sin, the people cried out, What shall we do? What shall we do? Uh, the first word of Peter by the Holy Spirit answered them, uh, saying, Repent! Repent of your sins. Just acknowledge them. Repent of them. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And another time, shortly after this, he said, Repent and be converted. Converted from what? A, a carnal sinner to a spiritual person that does the will of God. That your sins may be blotted out. That's Acts 3. Uh, 19. Repentance includes sorrow for sin. Uh, if you're really sorry for what you are, uh, but if you're not, if you don't think you've sinned, you say, forgive me, and then you just forget about it because there's no real sorrow there of sin. You're sad that you've sinned. That sorrow... Uh, came over me when I was in uh, the office in Beverly Hills when the Lord revealed to me everything that I had done in the past. He didn't uh, show me all the sins I did. It's just that his intelligence was so powerful upon me that I realized that he knew everything I'd ever done in my entire life. And I was ashamed. And I says, oh, my God, God knows everything I, I did. Before that, I wasn't, uh, not, I wasn't conscious or sorry at all for my sins. Actually, I was enjoying my sinful life. But I thought, uh, well, I really wasn't enjoying it because I was getting more and more bitter all the time because I uh, never felt satisfied by sinning. There wasn't any satisfaction to it whatsoever. I, you know, for a few minutes, I'd enjoy something. I'd go to the nightclub and I'd listen to the music and Peggy Lee and uh, Stan Canton, and Billy Eckstein, and people like this. And I enjoyed it for a few minutes. But then when I'd go outside on the streets of New York, I would, um, I'd be right back on Bleecker Street. Uh, everything was bleak and woeful. Woe is me. Woe is me. God knows everything that I did. And if he takes my life, if he would have pulled the breath out of my body, uh, I knew that I was going to go to hell. Because he told me there was a heaven and a hell. He let me know that. He opened up my mind um, to know that there was a heaven and a hell. So um, you must have a sorrow for sin. 
I was sorrowful because I knew that God was so powerful that he could pull the breath right out of my body and send my soul to hell. And that's what caused me a lot of woe and sorrow for sin. I wanted to turn away from it. Instead of telling the people uh, that they can still sin, I don't want to do that. I would much rather tell people that the soul that sins shall surely die and that God uh, stated, Jesus stated when he was here on earth, and he still is in us, in human beings that are regenerated, born again of the Spirit, that um, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to show you that it had to be kept. I came to show you that it must be fulfilled in human flesh and that uh, I always do my work in human flesh. This is the mystery of godliness, that God came into the world in the flesh and preached the gospel and showed us about God. And then he stated that he wanted us to be the continuation of his work the continuation of his uh, incarnation. So therefore, when we ask him to come into our hearts, he does, and he's still here on earth in us. Uh, there's no way in the world that we're going to renounce sin unless we see how sinful it is. Uh, so they didn't know about repentance and being converted or being convicted of their sins, that your sins may be blotted out. We can, there's no sin that can enter the kingdom of heaven. That's why all of our sins must be blotted out. We must be made white as snow, and that happens by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the book of Proverbs, I think we're in chapter, what, 11, verse 29? He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. Well, don't you think that drug addicts are troubling their own house and that they're going to inherit the wind? Don't you think that people, young people that are murdering their friends, that they're going to inherit the wind? That means nothing. And the fool, a fool is one that says that God doesn't exist. And the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. And uh, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. In other words, if you're a righteous person, that means that God is in you. That Christ is in you and that you're a soul winner. So there's fruit. Uh, that's the fruit. The fruit of the righteous is like a tree of life. So when we're preaching the gospel to the unsaved and they believe it, then we become a tree of life. And he that wins souls is wise. So he that wins the most souls. Now there's a lot of people like, for instance, Billy Graham uh, is like a very big advocate of the Catholic cult. And he uh, claims that he's won so many souls. 
No, that is the truth. Then he finally came out and admitted it, that a lot of people just come down the aisle so they can get a closer view of him. But when a person really gets saved, I have nothing against uh, Billy Graham if he's serving the Lord. He he knows how to talk very well, that's for sure. But it isn't how well you talk, because Hitler was a fantastic talker. He talked everybody into wanting to kill Jews, to murder them, and other people as well. So, the and blacks, and he also murdered a lot of homosexuals. Uh, I don't believe in murdering homosexuals, or anyone for that matter. I believe in preaching the gospel to them so they can be saved. Amen? Amen. We're not to kill people like the Vatican does, to murder them, rather. Like, and we're not to murder our own children. We're not to commit suicide. That's murdering ourselves which is a temple of the Lord that the Lord wants to live in and work in. So the fruit of the righteous, a person that is uh, one of the sons of God, is the tree of life. When we preach the gospel, we're preaching life. We're pouring out the Spirit of God upon all humans that hear us. And he that wins souls is wise. So he that wins the most souls must be wise. I'm not talking about coming down to the altar. If a person comes down the altar and they don't want to serve the Lord, they're not saved. Because if you don't want to win souls, then you're disobedient to God. And that means that the the, uh, sin of disobedience is the same as being a witch, is the same as witchcraft. Okay, so verse 31 says, Behold, the righteous shall be uh, recompensed in the earth, and much more, the wicked and the sinner. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're going to get everything that's coming to you. In other words, if you're a righteous person, you're going to get the kingdom of heaven. And if you're an unrighteous person, you're going to get everything much more than you deserve. And that means uh, hell and the lake of fire. All right, um, I have some letters today. Let's see, what verse did I leave off on here? Well, I finished the chapter. We're going to be on chapter 12 in the next message. But I do have some letters for you to hear today. Where's the, where's the first one from? From North Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, let's hear what they have to say. This is a letter from John Gary Peeler. Okay, now John Peeler is uh, the man that uh, was ordered to uh, assassinate me by President Clinton and uh, other people in his administration. And so... He had a conscience, I guess. Uh, He went to my church without any of us knowing it, and he investigated and found out, in his own words, says that he found us to be squeaky clean. He said, Tony Alamo is squeaky clean. And so he, he refused to assassinate me. And so for that, they threw his son in prison. 
and he's there to this very day. But so let's see. So John Peeler sent me a letter, and I got it yesterday. What does it say? To Pastor and Prophet Tony Alamo, Tony Alamo Ministries, from John Gary Peeler, North Little Rock, Arkansas, regarding thank you for your prayers and concern. Dear Pastor and Prophet Tony Alamo, my son's ex-wife said she would come forward and admit that she was forced to commit perjury against Chris. She has moved, and I have been unable to locate her recently. In other words, she was forced to lie about her husband, right? Right. Okay, and so she did, and that's why. You know, these government goons will come to you and tell you you can't put in a water well. That's what they're telling us now. And it would be a health hazard at our church in Los Angeles if we don't get to drill a new water well. It's just we're loaded with water there. And uh, we don't have to go down but 10 feet, and it's a government approval that we can do that. And, um, and now there's some of these eggheads in the government that are saying we can't do it. And so we have to hire attorneys and go through the whole round again, and uh, that's what we're doing. But uh, it's the same thing here. They'll come to you and say, look, if you don't testify falsely, we're going to put you in a box and put you six feet under. Okay, continue. I telephoned the attorneys in New York, and they never returned the telephone calls to me or said that they would do anything. No, because they intimidate attorneys, too. You, uh, If you win for Tony Alamo or for John Peeler, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, uh, do something to some of your family. They're the mafia. This Antichrist unholy government is the stinking mafia and the Antichrist. Then what? God bless you and your ministries. Sincerely, John G. Peeler. From his insurance company, a letter. Dear Mr. Peeler, thank you for allowing us to provide your homeowner insurance under this policy. We're sorry that we cannot continue this insurance. Therefore, your policy will not be renewed in accordance with the terms and conditions of your policy and the laws of so your state. So they muscled the insurance company. Because they figure maybe he's going to get killed by the government. Uh, okay, keep going. This insurance coverage is no longer acceptable to State Farm Fire and Casualty Company because our premium does not contemplate the exposure that may be generated by your undercover activities with the CIA, FBI, DEA, etc. So this is one of the FBI, CIA, uh, DEA people that I want to the Lord. Well, anyway, we're out of time, and so we have to pray now. We'll read the rest of this, uh, Lord willing, tomorrow. And um, so those of you that don't know the Lord, and you want to have all the riches of wisdom and knowledge, and you want to be perfect, and you know, and you trust God that he can make you perfect, because after all, God is holding up the entire universe. And he is able to do all things and make you a son of God. Just say this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, and I believe he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all of my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. 
You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Raise your hands up and thank the Lord now. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 787. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. Uh, this is World Pastor Tony Law. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow for another message leading you into all righteousness. Here I am to sing with the Prague Symphony Orchestra, and uh, the uh, choir, the Hollywood Choir, and the Life Choir. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus is my friend because he showed me that he existed. He showed me there was a heaven and a hell, and he delivered me from hell. He showed me the way, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one can take his place. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Everything, everything to God in prayer. Have trials and temptations? Everybody does.
Yeah.